Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Dynamic Dialogue Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Danny Matranga. And in today's episode, I'm really excited to share a new format with you. This is kind of a fun gamification of the fitness stuff we usually talk about. The format for the episode today is going to be do this, not that. So looking at the way we behave conventionally, whether it's around training styles, food, we're talking about gym memberships, we're talking about calorie tracking, a lot of things. And we're going to talk about the way that they are conventionally done and how I think they should be done. So this is a do this, not that episode. So we'll talk about the way things are conventionally done and how you might do them a little bit better. I think this is a really fun way to create fitness content that is accessible for people who are completely new and for people who've been doing this for a long time. I'm fortunate enough to have a really broad sweeping audience that ranges from people just listening who are starting to try a fitness journey for the first time. They're looking to get in shape. They're looking to improve their health and fitness. And then I also have this really, really amazing audience of trainers, well-established fitness enthusiasts, hobbyists, people who've been doing this forever. And sometimes it's hard to find content that really resonates with both. So what I've done here with this Do This Not That episode is an attempt at hopefully bringing some interesting fun and engaging fitness content for all of you. And I'm really excited to kind of sit back and enjoy the episode today. So the first thing, the first thing the do this and the not that. So do this, train your body in multiple planes of motion. Not that the not that is training only in the sagittal plane. So this can be tricky resistance training in the sagittal plane. This is the plane of motion that essentially occurs in front of the body. So front to back. So squatting, lunging, pressing, rowing, almost all occur in the sagittal plane. All of your compounds, most of your isolations occur in the sagittal plane. There's two other planes of motion. One of them is the frontal plane, which kind of dissects the body in half laterally. A lateral raise actually occurs in the frontal plane, as does a side lunge. And then you have the transverse plane, which is essentially the plane at which rotation occurs. Now, many lifters, especially those who are fitness uh, or physique focused, uh, and many people who are aerobic focused and train predominantly in running or various forms of aerobic endurance work like cycling or rowing that take place exclusively in the sagittal plane, do not do a lot of work in the frontal and transverse planes. So what you want to do is you want to incorporate a little bit, not a ton, but a little bit of frontal plane and sagittal plane work. So the do this, I think you guys are going to get the theme pretty quickly here, is train in all three planes of motion. The don't do this or the not that, is training only in one plane of motion. So for those of you who actively have a routine or who are looking to start a routine, you don't have to do a bunch of, you know, evenly spaced out or kind of evenly divided training amongst all three planes of motion. I do believe wholeheartedly they'll take place very much in the sagittal plane. Those bang for your buck movements, like I said, pushing, pulling, squatting, lunging, hinging, carrying, those are usually going to be sagittal plane movements, but save 5 to 10% for the frontal plane, 
for the transverse plane. Moving in those planes of motion and doing movements in those planes of motion will build better athleticism. It will create a body that is more quote unquote functional and that you will feel better moving in multiple planes of motion will increase coordination and enhance resilience and tissue tolerance. You don't want the first time you ever rotate to be in a dynamic situation. You don't want the first time you're ever in a frontal plane loaded position to be in a dynamic situation. You can train these all the time fairly regularly and there's some amazing rotational exercises like wood chops, like medicine ball throws. There's great frontal plane exercises like lateral lunges or Cossack squats. You can take an exercise like a step up and make it a lateral step up or even a transverse step up. So there's so many ways to incorporate small, really nuanced micro additions to your program. So do spend more time training the frontal plane and the transverse plane and do not be somebody who exclusively trains in the sagittal plane. Even though I do believe that if the bulk of your training is in the sagittal plane, you can develop a killer resilient functional physique. Okay, so moving on to the next one. The do this is work to develop your pecs and shoulders with more cable, dumbbell, and machine work. The not that is be exclusively reliant on barbell movements for the development of your pecs and shoulders, right? So some of the most popular movements for developing your chest and shoulders are the barbell bench press and the barbell overhead press, both of which are really good movements for developing strength. They help you challenge the muscles quite a bit. You can load up a ton of weight on them. However, for most people, and I train a lot of general population clients, I train a lot of recreational bodybuilders, I train a lot of people looking to improve their physiques, the amount of volume you can apply to the physique when you're doing a ton of barbell pressing really seems to come downward. In my own training career, I found that the more barbell pressing I did, be it incline bench press, flat barbell bench press, overhead barbell press, the worse my shoulders and elbows felt. I tended to feature multiple of these barbell presses per training block. Oftentimes, I'd feature all three, where I would be pressing with a barbell uh, three times uh, or two to three times a week throughout these various planes. So it'd be like I do an incline press on, on one day, I do a flat press on the next and an overhead press. And what I found is by the end of those training blocks, my shoulders and elbows felt pretty crappy. And this isn't to demonize these exercises. I think that this was just generally misinformed, poor programming decisions made by me. But what I did to get out of that and what I found works really well for clients is to focus instead on doing a lot more dumbbell pressing. So this would be like incline dumbbell bench press, flat dumbbell bench press, dumbbell overhead presses, a lot of pressing analogs like machine presses. I really like machine presses that converge or come together, both for arms and shoulders, meaning that the hands are closer together at the top of the movement when the pecs are shortened and the shoulders are shortened than at the bottom of the movement when those muscles are lengthened. I really like those machine presses. Oftentimes those are plate loaded. Now, when it comes to the raises or the flies, both of these movements uh, you'll see a lot of adduction and abduction. So for the chest, it's usually going to be AD, adduction, where the hands move together as in a pec deck or a cable fly. I prefer cables to dumbbells. Um, and as stands for the shoulders, even though while I do like dumbbell lateral raises, dumbbell rear delt flies, dumbbell front raises, I like to mix in a lot of cable raises. So the do this is incorporate more dumbbells, machines, and cables into your pec and shoulder training. 
do more raises with cables, do more flies with cables, do more presses with dumbbells and machines. Do not do all of your chest and shoulder volume with barbells and do not do all of your fly and raise volumes with dumbbells. I do believe that the flies one might do for pec development with dumbbells are extremely inefficient uh, and I don't necessarily feel the same way about the raises people do for shoulders. I think that the dumbbell shoulder raises are much more effective and efficient than the pec dumbbell flies, but mix the cables in when you do your flies and your raises, you'll be a very, very happy camper. Moving into a nutrition, do this, not that. What I want you to do is eat your vegetables and eat your protein. If your goals are fat loss, I want you to eat your vegetables and eat your protein, and I do not want you to drink a bunch of smoothies and a bunch of protein shakes. Now, do not hear what I'm not saying. There's nothing wrong with protein shakes and there's nothing wrong with smoothies. But if your goal is body fat loss, it's very beneficial to eat your vegetables, to masticate, chew, pulverize, swallow, and digest slowly your vegetables versus pulverizing them in a blender and drinking them as a juice or smoothie. Now, why is this? A lot of this has to do with the actual time it takes to digest fibrous carbohydrate, meaning... If you beat the shit out of vegetables in a blender, you break a lot of that fiber down mechanically before it even gets to your mouth. Whereas if you take those same vegetables, serve them up in a salad, chew them, swallow them, and have to digest them slowly in the stomach, you will be much more satiated much longer. And the same can be said of protein. Now, with regards to protein, I think this is a much more nuanced and uh, practical situation, right? Like if you're trying to lose body fat, replacing a meal with a protein shake is oftentimes a phenomenal way to reduce calories, maintain muscle mass while in a deficit, and feel full. A protein shake is still very filling, and a smoothie with protein is going to be more filling than a smoothie without protein. And remember, many of the smoothies people get, conventionally speaking, at like Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, Jamba Juice, uh, where they think they're making a good, generally calorie-friendly decision, a lot of times these smoothies are little more than just milkshakes with fruit in them. So not all smoothies are created equal, not all shakes are created equal. But as is the case with vegetables, the same can be said for protein. It's a lot less time-consuming and filling to eat 40 grams of protein from chicken breast than it is to eat 40 grams of protein from a protein shake. So it takes a lot less time to drink a 40-gram protein shake, and it's a lot less filling than eating the equivalent amount of protein from a lean protein source. So I want you guys to keep in mind, if your goal is body fat reduction, you're going to need to be in a deficit. If you're in a deficit, you're going to experience hunger. You're probably going to want to feel more full more often to maintain that deficit because hunger is something that will obviously lead you to consume more food. And when your goal is body fat loss, you need to maintain a deficit. So your food consumption and your consumption of calories needs to be limited and controlled and staying full will be really helpful with that. So what I want you to do is do this, opt for whole foods as frequently and often as possible when sourcing protein and vegetables. What I do not want you to do is be overly reliant on shakes, smoothies, and juices as a means of getting your protein and micronutrients unless you have to. 
There's nothing wrong with that. I cannot tell you how many of my weight loss clients use protein shakes on an extremely regular basis. They're a valuable, valuable weight loss tool. But this is more of an exercise in highlighting better ways or more optimal ways to do things. So if you can opt for whole foods because they're so satiating and they take a lot longer to digest and they take a lot longer to eat, you will probably feel fuller longer and you can still use shakes and you can still use smoothies and even juices on occasion to fill in those gaps. You just have to be intelligent and it all has to, again, fit into the greater context of maintaining the deficit. That's so, so important. If you don't maintain it for a considerable amount of time, you're not going to be losing much body fat. I think that makes quite a bit of sense. Okay, do this, not that. Again, sticking with nutrition, do track your calories in advance. Do not track your calories in retrospect. So what do I mean by this? I mean, if every single day you have the same breakfast, you have egg whites, you have a little bit of kiwi, you have a little bit of oatmeal, and you have a little bit of blueberries. If every day you have the same breakfast, track that breakfast in advance, meaning use your food tracking app to input your breakfast before you even eat it. Perhaps you know what you're packing for lunch. Track that in advance as well. Perhaps you know that you'll be having a post-workout shake. Track that in advance as well. Hey guys, taking a break from the action to tell you about one of our favorite new sponsors, Underdog Fantasy. If you're like me, you love sports. Sports was actually how I got into fitness in the first place. And one of my favorite things to do when I'm not working out or working with my clients is watch and engage in sports with my friends. Underdog is the best fantasy sports app out there for best ball and for pick'em. If you like football, basketball, baseball, Hockey, soccer, WNBA, UFC, boxing, Underdog has something exciting for you. You can bet on your favorite teams. You can bet on your favorite players in the easiest and simplest way to engage at a higher level with sports. It's so much fun to be able to do a pick em with a player from the NBA team I like and from the NFL team I like. Do you think LeBron James is going to have more or less than 22 and a half points? Do you think Steph Curry is going to make more or less than four and a half threes? Whether or not you are an avid sports fan or you just like sports recreationally, Underdog Fantasy is an amazingly fun way to engage with sports, to take your sports watching experience to the next level. And ladies, if you like sports, but you don't love them, but your man does, make an Underdog account, have fun with him. I promise you it will bring you guys closer together. It is an absolute blast. I do it all the time with my friends and my family. It's simple. It's easy to understand. With Pick'em, you can pick two players to three times your entry, three players to six times your entry, four players to five times, 10 times your entry, and up to five players to 20 times your entry. So you pick five players on your favorite teams. You pick the stat line over or under, bet five bucks, win 120x your money. So many cool ways to play. There's also best ball as we get closer to fantasy where you can draft teams against your friends or against other people on underdog for your shot at millions of dollars in prizes. This is definitely one of my favorite things to do when I am playing or watching sports. I love underdog and you can go to the app store today, download underdog, enter the promo code Danny, and they will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. You'll have a blast playing underdog all season long. Back to the action.
What's going on, guys? Taking a break from this episode to tell you a little bit about my coaching company, Core Coaching Method. More specifically, our app-based training. We partnered with Train Heroic to bring app-based training to you using the best technology and best user interface possible. You can join either my Home Heroes team, or you can train from home with bands and dumbbells, or Elite Physique, which is a female bodybuilding-focused program where you can train at the gym with equipments designed specifically to help you develop strength as well as the glutes, hamstrings, quads, and back. I have more teams coming planned for a variety of different fitness levels. But what's cool about this is when you join these programs, you get programming that's updated every single week. The sets to do, the reps to do, exercise tutorials filmed by me with me and my team. So you'll get my exact coaching expertise as to how to perform the movement, whether you're training at home or you're training in the gym. And again, these teams are somewhat specific. So you'll find other members of those communities looking to pursue similar goals at similar fitness levels. You can chat, ask questions, upload form for form review, ask for substitutions. It's a really cool training community and you can try it completely free for seven days. Just click the link in the podcast description below. Can't wait to see you in the Core Coaching Collective, my app-based training community. Back to the show. Hey guys, taking a break from the show to tell you about our amazing sports nutrition partner, Legion. Legion makes the best evidence-based formulas for sports performance, sports nutrition, recovery, and fat loss. I don't recommend many supplements. In fact, I think you can get the majority of the nutrition you need from a whole foods diet. But let's be honest, many of us are either on the go and need assistance, or quite frankly, we're not going to settle for average and we want to get the absolute most we can out of our training. So Legion is the company I go to for all of my supplement staples, whether it's creatine, which I get from their product Recharge, my protein that I get from either Whey Plus or Plant Plus, two of the best tasting proteins on the market. They come in a variety of flavors and they don't have a ton of fillers and gum. Just whey made from grass-fed cows from Ireland in a plant protein blend with a fully comprehensive dose of amino acids. I like to take a pre-workout. Sometimes I like it with caffeine. Sometimes I like to enjoy coffee in the morning and have my pre-workout later without caffeine. Legion makes both. Both the pre-workout with caffeine and without come with a full dosage of clinically effective ingredients like beta-alanine, betaine anhydrous, and L-citrulline to help you perform your best. They also make a phenomenal greens powder loaded with one of my favorite things, reishi mushroom, and a men's and women's multivitamin that contain a few different things that men and women might need for their unique physiology. So when you think of your vitamins, your fish oil, your pre-workout, your protein, all of the things that many of you take every single day, I'd encourage you to check out Legion. They have an amazing line, wonderful products, wonderful flavors, naturally sweetened, no dyes and colors. You can't go wrong. You can shop using the show notes below or by going to legionathletics.com and checking out using the promo code Danny. That will save you 20% and it will actually help you get two times points towards future orders, which you can use the same as cash. Pretty cool, guys. So head over to legionathletics.com and check out using the promo code Danny to save on all your sports supplement needs. Back to the show. There's two benefits to this. The first is, and what I mean by that is, you've already kind of set up a little bit of a script that you need to follow. If you've tracked food in advance, particularly food that's conducive to your goals, whether it's weight loss or muscle gain from a macro perspective, you know, hey, I already tracked that, so I, I got to eat it, right? You can always go back and delete it after the fact if you have a more dynamic situation and, hey, I didn't actually get the chance to, to have that thing, I got rushed out. But if you track it in advance and you have a really high proclivity for, for eating those foods at those times, 
you will have a substantially greater likelihood of accuracy because you won't have to track in hindsight. We'll touch on that in a minute. But again, you will kind of be sticking to the script. Well, I already tracked it, so better have that shake. Well, nope, sorry, I can't have that. I didn't track this and, and I already tracked that, so I'm going to stick with what I have. That works really, really well. What works really, really not so well is tracking ex post facto or after the fact when you're laying in bed trying to remember everything that you ate that day in hindsight. People suck at tracking calories. In fact, I was watching an Instagram reel the other day from uh, actually podcast guest Jacob Skepis, and he made one, uh, a really cool reel where he highlighted some of the kind of errors in reporting that are common amongst those trying to lose weight. And on average, if I recall the numbers correctly, we've cited this study many, many months ago, many, many episodes ago. Uh, with regards to tracking error, most people underreport their nutritional intake by about 500 calories a day, and even dietitians do it by about 200 calories per day. So, point is, people kind of suck at tracking. So, if you wait till the very end of the day to go back and track everything, not only are you opening the door up for substantially more user error, but you might straight up miss foods entirely. I want you to pause right now and think about what you had for lunch yesterday. It's a very good chance you have no fucking idea what you had for lunch yesterday because our memories are weird little beasts and weird little machines. Now, could you remember every song lyric from when you were, say, 11 years old, your favorite song, if it came on the radio right now? I bet you could. I bet you could sing right along with it. But for some reason, our short-term memory system tends to be a little bit fickle when it comes to remembering the foods we ate. So if you are waiting till the very end of your day to track everything you ate, that's going to get you into some trouble. So instead, do track in advance as much as you can the foods that you predictably eat on a regular basis. In fact, especially try to do this with the foods you are making an effort to eat. So if you're making an effort to eat more protein, make the food in advance and track it in advance. Do not try to track retroactively, but this is not to say that it's bad. It's substantially better to track retroactively than not to track at all. If your goal is building muscle, if your goal is losing body fat, it's really important to know where you're at calorically and where you're at with those macros. It's really, really valuable. And even for those of you who tend to eat more intuitively, maybe you don't want to track, maybe you don't want to use a tracking app, it's still a really good idea to forecast and storyboard what your food's going to look like across the day instead of kind of playing and having to pivot constantly, okay? So this is with regards to getting to and from the gym, maintaining your routine, maintaining your habits, maintaining this lifestyle. This has been such a huge one for me over the years. And this is do always have a backup bag in your car, your gym bag. This is a backup gym bag with a pair of shoes, a pair of underwear, a pair of training shorts, a stick of deodorant, a training top, and of course, a towel and water bottle. Do not rely on your memory, <laughs> hearkening back to the most previous point about memory, every day or every morning to bring exactly what you need. There will be at least one to three days a year, I swear on my life, where you forget month. I cannot tell you how many times, even working as a personal trainer in a gym, I forgot something I needed to train. 
whether it was a top, a pair of underwear, a towel, a pair of shoes, I forget things all the time. And I know I'm not the only person because we all have busy, hectic, chaotic lives that demand a lot from us. And it makes it really, really hard to be perfect, focused, and on all the time. So what can you do to better position yourself to hit your workouts, build this hobby, or sorry, build this habit, and really create a lifestyle here? It's to give yourself some cushion. It's to kind of protect yourself from the natural mistakes we all tend to make when we're in a rush. And so having a backup gym bag. It doesn't have to be anything crazy or big. It can be a small gym bag that you keep in the back of your car, tucked under the freaking passenger seat. It can be really small, but keep a backup gym bag with you. That way, if you're ever like, oh my gosh, I want to go to the gym, but I forgot my stuff. No, you didn't. That way, if you forget one thing, you've got it, right? And always keep that bag stocked. Do not rely on your memory each and every morning when you're in a rush, especially if you've got kids, if you've got chaos, to make sure you have all your things. I see this a lot with clients too, whether it's forgetting a hair tie, forgetting the right shoes, you know, forgetting the right top. It makes a big difference to have what you need on hand just in case you forget because we all have a tendency to forget. All right. The next, do this, not that. This is a hack if you will, from somebody who's worked in the gym industry for many, many years. And this is do ask your local gym regularly if they have promotions or pay ahead for your gym membership if you can get a more reasonable or cost-effective rate. And do not simply lock yourself into a rate and never check if you can get it cheaper. Now, many times gyms raise their prices. So it's great to lock in a less effective or less, I should say, less costly rate. And you can save a lot and it is more cost effective to lock in rates for a long time. When I worked at 24 hour fitness for many, many years, there were people that had $10 a month rates and they would be foolish to change them. But I'll use a recent example. I was paying $50 a month to go to a corporate gym in my current town that I live in. And that gym ran a promo for the whole year for $222.22, some play on 2022. And so I did the math. Okay, well, if I pay $50 a month for 12 months, that's $600 a year. Or I can pay for the whole year during this promo for $202.22. So what did I do? I paid for the whole damn year and saved $400. That is a no-brainer move. And a lot of you could literally afford to do some really nice things for your health and fitness with the extra money you could be saving. Maybe you can buy a few sessions with a trainer. Maybe you can buy a program to follow. Maybe you can buy a massage that you've been needing. Maybe you can get a couple visits with a physical therapist to treat an injury. Maybe you can buy better food or better supplements with the extra money. There's a great way to save some money. So do not pay zero attention to your gym membership and just let it you know, automatically hit every month. Do be on the lookout for promos and be willing to take advantage of them when they pop up. There are some gyms that will probably not run promos anytime soon, but I know that a lot of you are frequenting gyms like Crunch, 24-Hour Fitness, Lifetime Fitness, LA Fitness, and these gyms oftentimes have promotions where there is a discount if you pay for your membership in advance. And again, that might come back to bite you in the ass if there's another pandemic, 
But if you're like me and you can pay in advance for savings, it might be worth it, especially if you are already really consistent with the habit. The way that the gyms win on this is when they sell a full year to somebody who's never going to show up to use it. So they crunch the numbers and say, hey, of the people who sign up for memberships, approximately this number of people don't use it at all. And it's a really high number. It's the vast majority, probably north of 90% don't use use the gym at all. I'm not saying like, don't use it enough. I'm saying don't use it at all. If everybody showed up to the gym, it'd be a fucked enterprise. It just wouldn't work. There's thousands. I remember when I worked at 24 hour fitness, there was literally like 10,000 members, but you saw the same fucking 500 people at the same time every day. And I think that what they kind of build the model around, we hope you use it and don't show up. But if you use it regularly, do see if there is a pay ahead rate. And here is a hack for those of you also that have Costco or Costco with no T as I often call it. Um, you might be able to pre-buy your gym membership from Costco for up to two years. Many gyms offer uh, two-year memberships for extremely low costs when you actually break it down to what it would be per month. So if you have a Costco membership, check over by the gift cards and see if your local gym is offering a pre-sold two-year membership, maybe even a one-year membership. It's probably going to be a much better deal than you would get from the gym, but do crunch the numbers on your gym membership on a very regular basis. Okay, and the last do this not that, is please, please do have some home gym equipment and do not, do not be caught empty-handed. Do not sell your home gym equipment. Do not get rid of it. It is so, so useful to have, even in the most chaotic and hectic situations, being able to just sneak away to a garage or a small corner of a room in your home where you have a little bit of equipment is really, really valuable for building this habit, for minimizing the amount of excuses. And even for those of us who are more advanced, I catch myself all the time wanting to work out at home, whether it's on the weekend when I'm busy and I'm doing chores and I can spread my workout out and I can do, hey, I did a set of rows and a set of dumbbell chest press. And then I went and started the laundry and I came back and I did the same superset. And then I went and leaf blowed the backyard. And then I came back and I did another set. Like working out from home is amazing. And I have access to not only a gym that I own and one of the best gyms in the world right next to my house, but the convenience that it offers is amazing. And post pandemic, I have noticed a lot of people are getting rid of their home gym equipment. They're trying to sell it. They're going back to the gym. And I think that's awesome. But I would warn you, try not to sell it. You never know what's coming around the corner. And it's so, so valuable. You can do just so much with very, very little. A set of heavy dumbbells, a set of light dumbbells and a TRX, you can have in your house for probably under 300 bucks. And you can train your body all the time, all year round. You can even travel with TRX and bands to make vacationing easier if you're somebody who likes to stay active on vacation. But remember, some gyms close early or aren't open at all on the holidays. There might be a time where perhaps you're a little bit sick and you don't want to expose other people, but you're not so sick that you can't train. So maybe you'd like to train from home. Do have some equipment at home. Do not be caught empty handed or get rid of your home gym equipment. All right, guys. So that's it for today's Do This, Not That episode. I hope you found this helpful on your fitness journey and forming this hobby and living this lifestyle. You could do me a huge favor. All I really want to do with this podcast, honestly, is help more people live a healthy lifestyle. I want to help more people have more muscle across the lifespan so we can reduce the risk of diabetes heart disease, and help people live more independent, confident lives where they're rocking and rolling, healthy, fit, and feeling great. So if you haven't yet, take the two minutes 
to write a quick review, leave me a five-star rating on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Hit that plus button and subscribe if you're not subscribed. That stuff makes a huge difference for me. I want to thank you all so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next one.